0: We're talking lessons learned in 2017, kicker targets for 2018, and I have a special guest on Rotoviz Radio. <music> I'm Dave Cabin, Senior Fantasy Analyst at Rotoviz. This is Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the FFPC. And once again, I am not joined by Matthew Friedman, who could not make the show. But I said to myself, the people have demands. We can do better than Matt Friedman. And tonight I've brought on a man with the kind of hair that Matt could only dream of. You know him as one half of the Living the Stream podcast and the man that runs Draft Day Consultants, a service that you need to check out. And that man, of course, is Denny Carter. What's going on, Denny? Dave, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I, I'm look, I I'm not going to compare my hair
1: uh, to, to Matt's hair. That's not what I'm here for, but I appreciate you having me on.
0: Oh, well, yeah, I'm glad to have you in. You know, I was gonna say a man who's better looking. But I think, I think, you know, it's like the Jamal Charles, Calvin Johnson corollary or something like that here, you know, really depends on what you're looking for. Matt, he has the rugged masculinity. I think you have more of the boyish charm. I'll go with that. Okay, so I'm really pumped that we got Denny on tonight. Now. We all know that Denny is an interesting guy, a lot of, you know, very nuanced <laughs> takes, if you will. And I could pick this man's brain for hours on the mundane, pointless banality of our existence as human beings. But instead, we're going to talk about something that Denny is passionate about, and that is kickers. So, Denny, in the past, I've I got to be honest, I've written off kickers. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to them. Let the listeners and I know why that's a mistake.
1: Yeah, I have to say, firstly, that you are a big person and a, and a good guy for letting me talk about kickers on this fine podcast. <laughs> um, I, I don't get to do it very often. but um, <clears throat> So uh, the kicker position uh, is uh, one of the most predictable positions in fantasy, okay? Far more predictable than team defense, say, or tight end, okay? The, these are nightmare positions, to. Um, to predict, on, especially on a week-to-week basis. Now, uh, people write off kickers as if there's no way that we could ever know, you know, who's in line for a good performance or who might get uh, uh, ample opportunity to to score fantasy points for our team. And this is just not the case. And I, I've done some work in this area. Uh, Chris Rabon at Four for Four has done really good work showing that the kicker position uh is exploitable if you look into it and take time. Um and it's incredibly replaceable, which I think is something you know, pe- people think that because I like kickers that I'm like gonna advocate for the top kickers. That's not the case at all. Uh it's the most replaceable position, uh even more replaceable than quarterback. So I think a guy with a brain like yours can <laughs> can dominate dominate kickers if he if he put his mind to it
0: okay all right well I, I appreciate that so it sounds kind of like what you're saying is though it seems like a position where there may not be um a lot of difference between players if you really search and you do your homework you can find an advantage that way
1: that's right that's right i did a, a post recently and and it's on lineups.com um yep. it, that that showed um you know what sort of teams to target as far as you know uh, a kicker production kicker opportunity uh, and and you'll see that uh, home teams um, that have high implied totals is where it's at. I mean it's if you want to break it down as simply as that, you can you can do that and so that so that's you we can find that on the waiver wire in most leagues.
0: well, that's very exciting. We're going to talk about this at length in a minute but first i just want to tell our listeners that they can get a listeners only 30 percent discount to a rotoviz nfl pass through the nfl podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium nfl content and you can also support the pod by subscribing to and rating the rotoviz radio channel on itunes do that and you'll be eligible to win a free 35 dollar entry to a league at the ffpc go to itunes leave a review with your name in it and then listen to future episodes to hear if you're the winner also if you're interested in being in an ffpc league with some of the rotoviz writers and podcasters email us at rotovizradio at gmail.com and we'll get that set up so as some of the listeners know i've been putting together a draft tool over the last couple of months it's built around tiers Naturally, we can't ignore kickers. We need to have kicker tiers in the tool. So you mentioned the waiver wire looking at implied totals in the season. Before the season starts, Denny, what are some things that maybe I could be looking at and listeners should be looking at when they're searching for kickers in their drafts?
1: yeah it's is a bit of a tough question okay. uh, uh, but I will say that um uh, you know Ve- uh, vegas uh, over unders for team for total team wins is something that you can look at because uh, you know to to boil it down to like the roughest formula is you want a kicker on a good team because mm-hmm. then that kicker is going to benefit from positive game script you know that that, that kicker is not going to be, Attached to an offense that's scrambling, trying to come back, foregoing field goal attempts, and so on. So, uh, so you looking for a kicker on a good team. Now, uh, uh, beyond that, um, y- you know you might want to like last last year. I looked at uh, Vegas odds for which quarterback was going to lead the league in passing yardage. Um, so, if any if anybody pops up uh, in the in that top five or top ten. Um, and you might want to go ahead and scoop up the kicker that that quarterback is attached to.
0: Yeah, I, I like listening to all of this because it makes me realize one of the things that I'm always trying to do as a fantasy player is find things that I can look into areas that I can do my homework that others can. I think you're bringing up good points. You know, Though it might feel like a position that you just kind of chalk up to mm-hmm. luck, that's not really how fantasy football works, and there are things that you can do to identify guys that at least – at the very least, have the potential to uh, set themselves apart. And on a weekly basis, it seems like you started to develop a formula for that. So everybody make sure that you check out Denny's work once the season starts. Having said all that, do you have any favorites for the 2018 season? Guys that you're going to be looking to acquire in drafts? Maybe guys that you could rely on last year um, now that you're familiar with these kickers? Sure. Uh,
1: yeah, and just what you were getting back uh, getting back to what you're saying, there's a process for everything in this yeah. game and I, and I think that you can also have a process for kickers as as nerdy as that sounds. But um, <laughs> so I'm in, in in this question about kickers for 2018. I am going to sort of discount, you know, the Zerlines, the Tuckers, the Matt Bryans, the Steven Goskowski's because those guys are going um, well before other kickers. Uh, and And they're more likely in in less savvy leagues to go in some ludicrous round, like like the eighth or the tenth round or something right. So I'm just gonna ignore those guys for now because um, if you're playing it right, you're probably not gonna end up with any of those guys. So, um like, like I talked about before, you know, kickers on teams that should be good, that should move the ball, that should see a lot of positive game script, you end up with guys like Chris Boswell in Pittsburgh. You end up with uh, Kai Forbath, I think, is is a great as – far, as far as that process goes, is a great pick in Minnesota. Uh, Harrison Butker, um, if, uh, unless there's some Harrison Butker truther who loved him last season and goes out on a limb and takes him <laughs> to the 10th. Forget about it. Uh, but if he's still there in the 15th, maybe. yeah. Uh, and then one guy uh, who – has flown under the radar because his team has stunk for, for a couple of years is Adam Vinatieri. Okay. Um, you know, he's, he's spry at the age of 69 years old and, um, he's, uh, but he sticks out as a sensible pick, um, because, uh, with Andrew Luck, you know, at, at the head of that offense. And, you know, we think that he might be able to play if the NFL converts to high school footballs. Um, <laughs> Uh, But uh, if if Luck is playing this year, so this is what this means for Vinatieri. Vinatieri in 2014 was the third highest-scoring kicker in fantasy. In 2013, he was uh, the fifth highest-scoring kicker. And in 2012, he was the seventh highest-scoring kicker, all with with Andrew Luck at the helm. So um, he uh, jumps out to me as a guy who's, you know, why
0: not? Why not take him in the last round? I like that. That is a name that i actually haven't thought about in a while and it's it's funny that uh now to put things in perspective for myself that he and frank gore at one point in time were on the same squad so they collectively <laughs> probably had a couple of grandchildren on that team it, they could they definitely could i mean Vinatieri has
1: been playing since i believe the first george bush administration oh my god yeah
0: that's that's right that's right <laughs> i'm talking about i'm talking about george h w george oh wait is that true no that can't be is it I think it was 92. Oh my gosh. That's nuts. So they must have had a lot of, uh, depends, uh, in the, uh, equipment room <laughs> in Indianapolis, huh? Yeah. I guess so, all right. Well, moving along. So Matt and I are looking for bold predictions for the 2018 season. We've been requesting that people call in with their bold predictions to 978-925-7628. We have a guest on now that's known for his flaming hot takes, Denny. What can you give us as a bold prediction for the 2018 season? This
1: is this is a little bit hard because I'm gonna try to stay in the realm of of reason.
0: Okay, you know, okay. They, you know
1: So I'm not, I, I can't say you know, Jared Cook, tight end one, um, you know, because that's just um, you know, then you would just hang up on me here. But um, <laughs> so my my bold, somewhat reasonable prediction is that Jordy Nelson. Leads the Raiders and targets by a considerable margin and ends up as a top ten fantasy wide receiver. Oh wow! He's being drafted as a wide receiver thirty five right now.
0: Wow, I like that. That is that is quite the bold take. So, do you think that that's a function of how the team is going to use uh, Nelson as opposed to Cooper, or do you think that it, it you know Nelson still has it in the tank? he's still got some miles left.
1: I mean, I guess this scenario would require him to have something in the tank. You're right. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that uh, you know, he strikes me as someone who could be a beneficiary of bad game script that requires a lot of throwing on a bad team, uh, and, um, and and you know, so, someone who can be um, peppered with targets the way that Michael Crabtree has been uh, there for some time and Jordy scores touchdowns, uh, you know, so yeah, that I guess a lot of things would have to go right, but I,
0: I don't, I don't hate him there. Well, actually, you know, as you talk about that, it does make a little bit of sense because we have seen Crabtree have great success mm-hmm. in the red zone with high touchdown numbers in his time in Oakland. So we, we know that Nelson has that ability. So I actually think that, uh, you're making me feel like I need to reconsider <laughs> that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway, I want to tell you about our friends at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. The fantasy draft season is heating up, in the FFPC has a format to suit your interest and budget. Whether you like best ball, super flex, or classic managed leagues, there are drafts daily with entry fees starting just $35. Jump into a slow or live draft a day if you like dynasty. The FFPC has almost 200 active dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at $77 dollars and going up to 2500 and here's something incredible not a single dynasty league has folded in 8 years new dynasty leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching on a regular basis don't miss the FFPC experience go to myffpc.com and register now that's my ffpc.com myffpc.com the home of season-long high stakes fantasy football and denny that's how you do a live read right there which i have to say this because one of the funniest things of all time was for those of you that don't know i have advertised my draft tools on living the stream before and i remember somebody sending you a tweet that said denny what's the name of the draft software that you butcher the ad for every week
1: yeah, that's right. I, I I struggle with live reads. I get flustered. I get flustered. You you're not flustered at all. I, I admire that. I think that's that's fantastic. I I write down, you know, what I'm going to say, and then you know what happens. I go off script, and then I can't I can't come back. I I've str- I find myself struggling once I go off the teleprompter. I'm I'm just out of my mind completely.
0: Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Well, you know, I think that's part of what makes it so great when you're doing the reads, and and that, you know. Is there anything more on brand than that? <laughs> and you know
1: we actually set up the the, the Patreon account for living the stream. Uh, with the um with the note at the top, um, if you want to stop Denny's live reads during the show, <laughs> contribute <laughs> contribute a dollar to our Patreon account. And people people oh. were very generous because they can't they can't deal with my my reads anymore. I have to say before we go on, uh, a Michael, I'm sorry, a uh, Amari Cooper truther just knocked over my mailbox. Oh. Uh, as as we were recording, so i I want to apologize for the to the Cooper
0: truthers. Oh wow, okay. um so any major takeaways from two thousand and seventeen to bring us back into uh, into focus here, you know anything maybe that you're gonna be looking to implement in two thousand and eighteen or things that you did last season that you want to avoid? uh well uh, the the one thing
1: that jumps out to me is that a a focus. I want to say a laser focus, to use a trite term, okay. on on opportunity um, is something that uh, I I I would like to let that roll my uh, my strategy, my season long strategy, a little more than it has in in uh, in recent seasons. And what I mean by that is um, not getting enamored with a player's ability, uh, um, and, and you know whether it's in the preseason. Or training camp reports, or whatever you, or just your personal opinion of the player, um, but more focused on what sort of opportunity, how many targets will he see, how many, how many touches, how many carries will he see, right? And and so it doesn't really matter what I think of him; it matters what his team thinks of him and how he will be deployed uh, uh, by a team. So focusing on a player's opportunity, I think, is something that I could do a little bit better, and you know, maybe maybe everybody could to an extent.
0: Yeah, and I think that's an important thing, especially for those of us at Rotovis to remember. We spend so much time looking at the numbers, trying to figure out who the better athletes are, looking at what players did in college and what that means for their prospects going forward. But you do reach a point where these guys are in the league and you have to reassess and, and look at how their teams are using them and what they think about them. For example, Aaron Jones, to me, is the much more athletic player than jamal williams i think he was more successful but we have seen that the packers seem to like williams and that's one of those where if we start to see more signal that the team likes williams regardless of how good i think aaron jones might be or if i think he's more uh inclined to be successful if the packers don't think that you know does i have to pay attention to that i just because he has the talent doesn't mean that he's going to get the role
1: that's a that's a great example of that, and I think sometimes we have to accept that boring players have value in in, in fantasy, and exciting players sometimes are traps in that regard. And um, so, it it in a way, it doesn't matter what you think of a guy's ability; it matters what his team thinks of his ability.
0: Yeah, that's very true. So. We have a number of different receivers in new situations this year. Some of the notable ones, we have Brandon Cooks replacing Sammy Watkins, who goes over to the Chiefs. We have Mike Wallace, who I remember a couple seasons back, I heard you on some pods, who you liked. This year, he's on the Eagles. Any names standing out there about guys in a new situation that you're feeling good about? I guess I have to say Jordy Nelson. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that would be true, yeah. Uh
1: i um i haven't read up too much on on john Brown's health yep but i'm intrigued uh by by the potential there i mean he has been productive when he's been on the field and that Ravens team could be a, a, a flaming pile of trash and that's good for for a receiver as far as potential volume goes so yeah and you can
0: get brown really late i i, I like him all right, yeah, I think that's one of those kind of under-the-radar type of names, too, compared to some of these other guys. He's a player that uh, definitely has the speed. In Arizona, we were always hoping he could really make the push and break out, and just when it looked like he was going to do it, mm-hmm. uh, had some health concerns. So, though he might not be the most hyped-up name right now, I think, you know, he's one of those guys you might be able to get in the middle of the rounds, and if things work out, he could be huge. So, I like it. Um, Denny. I got to ask, are you a golf fan? I know that you do golf. Yeah, I do.
1: Uh, uh, well, I used to be a full-on golf obsessive. I used to play when I, when I was a kid. I, uh, when I a kid, kid, I mean in my uh, late teens and 20s. I played five days a week. Wow. I, I worked at a golf course. To, uh, you know, as an old 34-year-old dad, I, I now play four times a year. But I, I do love <laughs> golf. Wow. All right. I didn't know that you had been – were you good? Um. Yeah, I'm okay. So my handicap at its best was was six. Okay, I had a handicap of six, and the best score I ever shot poetically was sixty nine. Oh, so I, no I, way, I, <laughs> no way, really. Yeah, it happened once. I was two under. It was two under at the course I played every day. Wow. And th- I just got some putts rolling, and things were happening, and I freaked out, and I got I I, I had a very nice score by the end. Yeah. Oh
0: wow, nice, nice. So who would win in a round of golf? You or JJ.
1: Um, I would like to think that I could beat the pants off of JJ, but <laughs> if if he beat me, I would I would accept it. You know, while crying in a bathroom stall, I would accept it.
0: Okay, so I, I ask this because there's been a lot of outrage, and as we know, there's a lot of outrage in general in our society right now. Yeah. But this is outrage directed at phil mickelson for those of you who don't know he was putting on a hole on which he was really struggling i believe it was the 13th in the u.s open this weekend hits an errant shot and then i guess before the ball had finished rolling hit it again i didn't see it but there's a big hoopla what does denny carter make of this this is this is egregious this is the definition of egregious and it's the equivalent
1: of Uh, uh, in my humble opinion of when my two-year-old throws a temper tantrum after uh, not getting that second cookie. Okay. I mean, this is, uh, like I said on Twitter, it would have been less, uh, egregious, less, uh, uh, and less violation in, in, uh, uh, of golf etiquette. If he had just dropped trowel and defecated (laughs) on the putting. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) wow.
1: that would have been less rude as far as golf goes that is it's beyond the pale that that a, that a professional golfer would go ahead and 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 hit a rolling ball because he's having a tantrum because because he also here's something that's missing from the equation he his putt that he hit before he went and threw his temper temper tantrum was a terrible putt it was an awful putt you can't blame anybody for that yes that course was tricked out whatever but it was it was an awful putt and he needed to let that ball roll 50 feet and four putt from there or whatever it was terrible oh so the the
0: shot actually was going to be that bad so it actually did make a difference it was going to roll forever Okay, all right I mean because he crushed it he crushed the ball, but that's and
1: and so, of course, on those lightning fast screens, of course, that's gonna, and he knew that, he knew that, and I guess he just was done, uh, you know. So, uh, did anyone get hurt? No, uh, but my feelings were hurt, and that's important.
0: <laughs> okay, so the outrage is justified. Wow, this is, um, this, this is interesting. I didn't know what to expect when I asked you this, but I, I, I guess, uh, you know, there is some sanctimony, uh, in Denny Carter, so. Oh. Yeah. Oh, there's so and, so, and I'm, I'm outraged about everything, you know, this, and, yeah, and that's uh, right. uh, so, I mean, it reminded
1: me of, of, you know, uh, my miniature golf breakdown in the, um, summer of 1998. <laughs> uh, I was playing, a, I was playing an alien themed, uh, uh, mini golf course in ocean city, Maryland. I think I scored like an eight on a hole and, um, I did exactly what, what Mickelson did and, and I was penalized accordingly. So, you know, it goes like that.
0: Wow. All right. Well, That is, that is quite the take. And that's why you have somebody on like now, like Denny. Now, Denny, I actually didn't know how quickly we were going to get through this. We have about eight minutes. I said I would take 30 minutes of your time. Are you okay (laughs) with me just rapid firing questions, football related or not football related? I am. I'm, I'm all for that. Oh, this is just fantastic. Okay. Flossing. Uh, are you still flossing twice a day? There's reports coming out. Uh, I, I know you've talked about this before that you might not need to floss. Are you still flossing? We want to know the, the state of your oral health. Yeah. Um, uh, well,
1: the Associated Press broke the story two years ago that there is uh, there are no studies that show that, that flossing, daily flossing is required or helpful in maintaining dental health uh, saying that. I, I like to have, um, I don't like to have stuff in my teeth. So I have given in to big floss and I floss, I floss once a day. Wow. Have you seen the flossing dance that the kids are doing these days? I, I, I have, I have seen that. I, I, I assume that that is paid for by big floss. (laughs) Am
0: I, I, I mean, I can only imagine that you're, that you're right on point there.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great little propaganda tool for big floss. I have to give it to them.
0: Oh wow. So if for listeners out there, as you can probably tell, I've been a living the stream listener for a long time. So I've been I've been looking forward to getting Denny on my podcast. Uh but if you're not familiar with Denny, which I don't know how that's even possible at this point if you're a fantasy football enthusiast. If you check out the show in addition to this terrific banter, you get a lot of really really solid football content and Denny, since we have a couple minutes, why don't you talk a little bit about Draft Day Consultants, the site that you've been running now for how long? Yeah, uh,
1: since twenty fourteen, um, so it's been it's been a little while. And yes, I would love to uh, tell the people about it. It's dot uh, Dave, as uh, as as you know, you are a consultant. That's correct. Um, and and you do great work there. Uh, so clients come to us, and um, they can uh, sign up for a range of services, including pre draft consultation, in which you connect with a consultant like Dave or or, or like myself or. We have a, a range of others. Uh, um, you can check it out on our site, and we talk to you about your upcoming draft. What your league is like, your league mates, your league settings, um, what kind of team you want, uh, what who, who players you're targeting, uh, when when you might want to take you know the certain position, quarterback, tight end, whatever it may be, and so that's pre-draft. In draft con- consultation is we basically sit by your side as you draft your team, and we offer our input. You know, it's your it's your team. But we, we say, this is what I would do in this circumstance. I would take this running back or this receiver, uh, or however the draft is going. And, um, uh, we also draft for you if that's, if that's your preference. Um, and that some people say, I'm, I don't, I, I'm not gonna be able to make it that day. I have a wedding or whatever. Can you please draft for me? And that helps you avoid the auto draft nightmare. Uh, as, as we all know, that happens. And then we have season-long consultation where you work with a consultant um, throughout the NFL season to um, consider trades and waiver wire moves and sort of keep your team in, in tip-top shape. Uh, that's one of our more popular services. So uh, if you want to check us out, it's com.
0: Yeah, and it it's really fun. So last year, um I have to say I had a lot of fun doing the season long uh yes. consultation with a client. Like uh having somebody to go back and forth with on your team and like you know that you're pull- somebody that you're pulling for a team with it was really fun. So definitely uh check that out. Uh obviously we'll try to do our uh our best that you can. I know for me these teams I'm viewing them as if they're my own and I'm sure all the other uh consultants yes. are as well. So isn't, isn't it funny isn't it funny how that happens like I I end up rooting as
1: hard for the guys on the team I'm consulting for as my own guys. You
0: know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, because you feel this level of responsibility, right? So yeah, it's like it's sure. you feel the weight on your shoulders. Uh <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh yeah. so yeah, it definitely it definitely was a lot of fun. Uh now, Denny, that made me think of of another question I would like to ask you here as, as my time with you is winding down. Do you have a favorite fantasy football format?
1: Yeah. Um, you mean as far as like roster construction?
0: Or, or, I mean, like, you know, like, um, do you like dynasty, redraft, best ball? And then, you know, what settings do you like too?
1: Gotcha. I, well, best ball has grown on me a lot over the years. Um, uh, I don't think it's my favorite. I think just just regular old redraft is still, is still my favorite format. Um, dynasty was you know i'd say before kids dynasty was growing on me and then after kids i was just like uh like wow i don't i don't have uh all the time in the world to to uh, scan dynasty news and trades and this and that i it's just a time-consuming thing so for me like my the way my personality works if i can't be all in in something on Mm -hmm. something then i'm just going to be all out and um so that's the way dynasty has gone for me i'm not There's nothing against the format. I I like it a lot, but redraft is where it's at for me.
0: Gotcha. So my final question will be be this for you. For redraft this year, I know historically you've been on board with a lot of the Rotovis people, big fan of the wide receivers, uh, advocating zero running back. I won't make you answer that question, but are you going to be looking more heavily at running backs this year, given the quote unquote running back renaissance that we're witnessing? Well...
1: I think that the running back renaissance has opened up an avenue for for zero wide receiver. I'm sorry, <laughs> for, zero, don't do that, for zero running back, yeah. for zero RB, like we haven't seen in previous years. Uh, if you look at the number of running backs who are going in the first two or three rounds, we're talking about an entirely new opportunity for people who might want to go heavy on, on wide receiver. Uh, it's amazing who you can get in the first three rounds if you go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, uh, at, but I do think one well, there's one thing that, that is often mis- misunderstood about uh, zero running back is that um, it doesn't apply to all leagues. Like right. if, you have, if you have two running back spots and two wide receiver spots and no flex in a league and a standard scoring, say you're not going zero RB. There's no reason to do that. Okay. There's no reason to start off the draft with five wide receivers in that format. So I think we have to be aware of the spots we're going to have to fill.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. I think that's one of those things I want to start focusing more and honing in on um, in upcoming podcasts. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely not something for every format, which is something that I think a lot of the analysts out there lost sight of. And when you're taking a structural approach like that, it's really to find these areas or these avenues, as you said, where you can uh, position your team to have better odds for Success than you might have otherwise, Uh, but we're going to talk about a lot of stuff like that going forward. My final question for you: Since I was a young lad, I have dipped chicken in French dressing. I love it. My wife (laughs) thinks it's disgusting, and uh, can't believe that I do that. What what are what are your thoughts on that? As a man with very uh, you know um, pointed food takes, yeah. Uh,
1: Well, I can't believe you just admitted that on air. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm wondering if you're just going to delete that part, but, uh, it is your, your, your wife is right. I'm, I'm shocked that she has not left over this, uh, over this, this, this food, uh, debacle that, that, that you've fallen into. Um, I don't understand it. And, uh, but you know, if, if you like it, I guess
0: you can, you can do that alone. You know, you can go by yourself and, and eat chicken with your dress. <laughs> hey man, if you saw some of my, my food takes or the concoctions I put together, I, I'm About 99% sure that you would vomit at some of the things that I do. I will. I I like to have dressings on everything. So I'm talking – I'll put ranch on like pretty much anything. Get a bunch of stuff, mix it in a bowl with some ranch and you're good to go. Oh, wait. Did you say ranch or French? I said French in the original question, but I'm also including – I love all things dressing. You give me ranch dressing, I'm happy no matter what it is. Well, French dressing is basically what's on a Big Mac, right? No, that's Thousand Island, I believe.
1: Oh, Thousand Island, right? Okay, okay. Uh, Well, you are. It sounds like you're a salad dressing uh, propagandist who works for the (laughs) salad dressing um,
0: industry. (laughs) And you know, and you know, more power to you. Uh, uh, All right. Well, I I appreciate that. I'm going to continue that. And hey, thanks (laughs) again, uh, Denny Carter, for coming on. The people can find you at CD Carter 13, I believe. That's right. Oh, wow. All right. So check out Denny on there. Uh, make sure you check out the Living the Stream podcast, draftdayconsultants.com, anywhere else where people can find you. Obviously, you know, we said Twitter, but...
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, lineups.com uh, during the season for the kicker takes.
0: Oh, perfect. All right. Well, hey, thanks, Denny. Uh, we appreciate it. And we'll hopefully get you uh, back on soon. Okay, thanks. Okay, so that was Denny Carter of Living the Stream. Quite a guy, uh, as fun of an interview or uh, as a co-host as I was hoping. Um, before we close this out, shorter episode tonight uh, without Matt, I do want to just mention that we recently put out on the site, published it's live now. There's a Dynasty ADP app uh by Jim Clowett uh is the is the Rotovizian that made it. It's really awesome stuff. We also have another uh, best ball ADP app that Anthony Shook worked on. Those are both up on the site. We have more apps on the way. I have finished my suite of Excel tools where we're going to have a research tool to help you with all your preseason research and preparation. Uh, there's a draft tool that's going to allow you to do mock drafts uh, and will assist you in organizing your drafts while you're going through. And I also finished what I would say is the equivalent of the projection machine from years past in an Excel format uh, in a way that I kind of liked to uh, be able to work on my projections as a, as a somebody that uses Excel a lot, uh, try to make it user-friendly. And it's going to be just another way that you can get ready for the coming season. But Having said all that, and this is coming from somebody that just spent hours and hours and hours putting together a projection-based tool, what I want to say is we in the coming months are going to hear so much about projections. You're going to hear all kinds of different um, numbers for projections You're going to read a lot of articles that have projections. You're going to look at tools that have projections built in. And there's definitely a place for projections in fantasy football. As far as having data for a coming season goes, projections might be one of the best data sources that you have in your arsenal. But I think that projections are meaningful and useful when you use them to build a range of outcomes or assess the situation that a player could be looking at in a good scenario, in a bad scenario, in a mid-case scenario. Because often what will happen, and this is probably something that would be more of a trap for beginner players, but as experienced players, if we forget it, it it can be a problem. Projections are just estimates. They're based on a lot of inputs, a lot of variables, where if you change a couple of those variables up or down, you could have a pretty substantially different projection so maybe you're looking at a running back like leonard fournette and a running back like Kareem hunt in somebody's projections you don't know in those projections if they're going for a best case scenario or worst case scenario maybe they feel good about hunt so they project him at his ceiling they're not too sure about jacksonville in the running game this year hypothetically and they do fournette more at a mid case scenario there's a lot of murkiness that you can have in there if you don't know how they're put together because at the end of the day, they're estimates, educated guesses, lots of times put together through very good processes with a lot of research, but we just don't know. So as you start reading about these projections, maybe you're using the tools that we have on Rotoviz and you're putting them together. Remember, at the end of the day, these are just guesses. Explore the ranges of outcomes. See where players fall. In this distribution of their outcomes and use that to proceed forward other than just looking at projections, viewing them as gospel and blindly going off of them. I think that's something that I really, really want to stress. So if you're using the tool, play with target shares. See what happens if a player is getting 21% or maybe if he's a wide receiver two, if he can steal a little bit of a market share from that wide receiver one, what's it mean if he gets 3% more or what if you're over projecting him and the wide receiver three is better than expected and that wide receiver two falls down two and a half percent. Look at stuff like that. Efficiency is a big input too into projections. Um, So lots of times... You might want to carry forward a player's efficiency from last season, but you can't do that because in many cases, efficiency isn't sticky. So that's going to have an impact on that projection. Uh, there's just a lot of, lot of variables. So I just wanted to bring that up. Um, as you'll start seeing things that involve projections, remember they're just guesses. I've spent a whole lot of time putting projections together, doing them year in and year out. And I've really found that you, the usefulness comes from getting an idea of the variables that could impact a player. Uh, you know, there's other things going on too that you have to consider. If a team is running a lot of plays... In comparison to what they've run in the past, that could be good for a lot of players on the team. But if you're looking at a running back and his attempts are shrinking, or that team is operating at a slow pace and you can't expect a lot of carries, that's a problem. This is one of those things we saw going back a couple of seasons, which was a major knock on Todd Gurley, the down season that he had, I believe it was 2016. You could kind of see it coming. In a Jeff Fisher offense, because that team was not running a lot of plays, which would make it very hard for a running back in that offense to accrue the production needed to be a top six type of running back, which is what many were expecting from Todd Gurley that season. You change things around. He's still a very talented player. Give him different type of opportunity, more plays. You're going to see those numbers shoot up. Now, in the case of Gurley, it wasn't actually the number of plays that season that depressed him. I just remember, I recall that as a good example of What I'm talking about here. So at the end of the day, you want to explore players range of outcomes with projections, make sure that you don't get too married to them and make sure that if you see a difference of 25 points in a set of projections, realize that that might not mean that these players are wildly different options. I think there was one more point I wanted to make here, but it escapes me right now. I'm kind of doing this off of the cuff. We had to pull this together at the last minute, this pod. So again, huge thanks to Denny for coming on. Um, Make sure that you get us in those bold predictions. Again, the number for that is 978-925-7628. We've had a couple come in. I'd like to get some more. uh, So please shoot them our way and eventually we'll get that episode up. But anyways, this has been Rotovisray hopefully we'll get friedman back next week i'm dave Cabin. you can follow me on twitter at dave caben ff my co-host was denny carter who you can follow at cd carter 13 again call in to 978 925 7628 and tell us your bold predictions this has been roto viz radio please subscribe to the podcast leave us a review and be sure to tune in next week and to steal a page out of the friedman podcast book remember it's not a fantasy if you believe it Thank you for listening to RotoViz Radio. Please read, review, and contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Roto-Viz Radio and support the pod by subscribing to RotoViz at a 30% discount through the listener homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.